detachment. The only way to change is by changing your understanding. But what does it mean to understand? How do we go about it? Consider how we are enslaved by various attachments. We are striving to rearrange the world so that we can keep these attachments because the world is a constant threat to them. I fear that a friend may stop loving me. He or she may turn to somebody else. I have to keep making myself attractive because I have to get this other person. Somebody brainwashed me into thinking I need his or her love. But I really don't. I don't need anybody's love. I just need to get in touch with reality. I need to break out of this prison of mine, this programming, this conditioning, these false beliefs, these fantasies. I need to break out into reality. Reality is lovely. It is an absolute delight. Eternal life is now. We are surrounded by it, like the fish in the ocean, but we have no notion about it at all. We are too distracted with these attachment. Temporarily, the world rearranges itself to suit our attachment. So we say, yeah, great, my team won. But hang on, it will change. You'll be depressed tomorrow. Why do we keep doing this? Do this little exercise for a few minutes. Think of something or someone you are attached to. In other words, something or someone without which or without whom you think you are not going to be happy. It could be your job, your career, your profession, your friend, your money, whatever. And say to this person or object, I really do not need you to be happy. I am only deluding myself in the belief that without you, I will not be happy. But I really don't need you for my happiness. I can be happy without you. You are not my happiness. You are not my joy. If your attachment is a person, he or she is not going to be very happy to hear you say this. But go ahead anyway. You can say it in the secrecy of your heart. In any case, you'll be making contact with the truth. You'll be smashing through a fantasy. Happiness is a state of non-illusion, of dropping the illusion. Or you could try another exercise. Think of a time when you were heartbroken and thought you would never be happy again. Your husband died, your wife died, your best friend deserted you, you lost your money. What happened? Time went on and if you managed to pick up another attachment or managed to find somebody else you were attracted to or something else you were attracted to, what happened to the old attachment? You didn't really need it to be happy, did you? That should have taught you, but we never learn. We are programmed, we are conditioned. How liberating it is to not to depend emotionally on anything. If you could get one second's experience of that, you'd be breaking through your prison and getting a glimpse of the sky. Someday, maybe, you will even fly. I was afraid to say this, but I talked to God and I told him that I don't need him. My initial reaction was, this is so contrary to everything that I have been brought up with. Now some people want to make an exception of their attachment to God. They say, if God is the God that I think he ought to be, he's not going to like it when I give up my attachment to him. Alright, if you think that unless you get God, you are not going to be happy, 
then this god you are thinking of has nothing to do with the real god you are thinking of a dream state you are thinking of your concept sometimes you have to get rid of god in order to find god lots of mystics tell us that we've been so blinded by everything that we have not discovered the basic truth that attachments hurt rather than help relationships i remember how frightened i was to say to an intimate friend of mine i really don't need you i can be perfectly happy without you and by telling you this i find i can enjoy your company thoroughly no more anxieties no more jealousies no more possessiveness no more clinging it is a delight to be with you when i'm enjoying you on a non clinging basis you are free so am i but to many of you i'm sure this is like talking a foreign language it took me many many months to fully understand this and mind you i am a jaswi whose spiritual exercises are all about exactly this although i missed the point because my culture and my society in general had taught me to view people in terms of my attachments i'm quite amused sometimes to see even seemingly objective people like therapists and spiritual directors say say of someone he's a great guy great guy i really like him i found out i find out later that it's because he likes me that i like him i look into myself and i find the same thing coming up now and again if you're attached to appreciation and praise you're going to view people in terms of their threat to your attachment or their fostering of your attachment if you are a politician and you want to be elected how do you think you're going to look at people how will your interest in people be guided you will be concerned for the person who's going to get you the vote if you are interested in sex how do you think you're going to look at men and women if you're attached to power that colors your view of human beings an attachment destroys your capacity to love what is love love is sensitivity love is consciousness to give you an example i'm listening to a symphony but if all i hear is the sound of the drums i don't hear the symphony what is a loving heart a loving heart is sensitive to the whole of life to all persons a loving heart doesn't harden itself to any person or thing but the moment you become attached in my sense of the word then you're blocking out many other things you have got eyes only for the object of your attachment you've got ears only for the drums the heart has hardened moreover it's blinded because it no longer sees the object of its attachment objectively love entails clarity of perception objectivity there is nothing so clear sighted as love more words mark twain put it very nicely when he said it was so cold that if the thermometer had been an inch longer we would have frozen to death we do freeze to death on words it's not the cold outside that matters but the thermometer it's not that reality that matters but what you're saying to yourself about it i was told a lovely story about a farmer in finland when they were drawing up the russian finnish border the farmer said to had had to decide whether he wanted to be in russia or finland 
After a long time, he he said he wanted to be in Finland because he didn't want to offend the Russian officials. These came to him and wanted to know why he wanted to be in Finland. The farmer replied, It has always been my desire to live in Mother Russia, but at my age, I wouldn't be able to survive another Russian winter. Russia and Finland are only words, concepts, but not for human beings, not for crazy human beings. We are almost never looking at reality. A guru was once attempting to explain to a crowd how human beings react to words, feed on words, live on words, rather than on reality. One of the men stood up and protested. He said, I don't agree. The words have all all the words have all that much effect on us. The guru said, Sit down, you son of a bitch. The man went livid with rage and said, You call yourself an enlightened person, a guru, a master, but you ought to be ashamed of yourself. The guru then said, Pardon me, sir. I was carried away. I really beg your pardon. That was a lapse. I'm sorry. The man finally finally calmed down. Then the guru said, It just took a few words to get a whole tempest going within you, and it took just a few words to calm you down, didn't it? Words, 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 words. How imprisoning they are if they are not used properly.